Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Hey, welcome to church. I'm Ken. I'm the senior pastor, so I get to look after the, the whole of Highlands, and uh, it's exciting to see what God's doing. And uh, I've been really encouraged by what God's doing in the church. Honestly, I am. You know, a great night last week. I, I was away for it, but it was just heard it's outstanding. Because I, like Ben said, I really believe we're on the preface of something. God's about to do something great. And uh, I, I see it, and I hear it, and I hear it around the world, and I network with people around the world, but... I really sense God's going to do something great in Toowoomba. He called us. You're not here by mistake. You're here on purpose. Uh, and I think of all the people God's assembled. I look at Murray and Kaz. They're on the morning in Pilincher in Victoria, and they've come to the promised land. And, uh, but, you know, it's positioning of people. I look at people coming back from around the world, back in the front row, back from Spain, you know, positioned. Uh, it's something God doing, and it's positioning you to make a difference in the world. Honestly, he is. Make a difference in the kingdom of God. Tonight, I want to share about the kingdom. And it's the start of a series. And over the next few weeks, I want to unpack a few things and, and particularly how to operate in the kingdom. But tonight, I want to build a foundation about it. In the coming weeks, I want to give you some practical aspects of how to live in the kingdom, how to work in the kingdom. And uh, I really wanted to unpack for us and really get a good understanding of the kingdom because I think it's something we don't understand. And there's a few reasons why we don't understand it. And I want to get into a couple of those tonight. Let's pray, hey? Father, I thank you tonight as I preach. Father, you bring revelation, understanding. Father, you open this area in the kingdom of God that, Father, you, you give us understanding of what the kingdom is and how we live in the kingdom. So, Father, I ask you to touch hearts tonight. Open minds tonight of what you want to do in people's lives. Father, we give you honour and glory in this place. Amen. To understand what the kingdom is, we have to understand what the kingdom is not. We've really got to get an understanding of what the kingdom is not. The kingdom is not a democracy. See, we live in a democracy and that probably taints our view of the kingdom because we think, oh, well, this is what the kingdom's like, but it's not. We're not in a, uh, we don't, the kingdom of God is not a democracy. It it's challenges us because our worldview and we think we can negotiate in the kingdom because we live in this negotiated way in, in a democracy in Australia. The word democracy comes from the Greek words demos and meaning people and kratos meaning power. So democracy can be thought of the power of the people, a way of governing which depends on the will of the people. And we think, well, that's really positive and, and, and some, to some degree it is. It is a positive way we live. We don't live in a, in a place where there's a, a realm where people are doing things and ungodly things to people. But we do live in a, in a place where we put the trust in a few. And I think as I talk to young people tonight, I think it's really important you understand how our democracy works. Because sometimes I think as young adults and young people, we, we don't understand it. We don't understand how Australia works. And we should learn. It's, it's really important. You know, when um, Garth Hamilton, who is our federal member, was voted in uh, for in his pre-selection, there was a hundred, there was three hundred odd people in the room. So a hundred and fifty people made the decision to send Garth to Canberra. 
only 150 people. And you think, wow, a democracy where we're all got to say, no, 150 people made the statement of who to send to Canberra. And sometimes we think about that and, and you can see how then you can skew a government in Australia. That's why it's important for Christians to understand the democracy, understand how it works, because we can have influence in that area. And it's important we have influence in government. I, I know we've got Tim McMahon here who's on council. We've got a few Christian people in, in government. We've got Dave Janeski who is a Christian guy who's in state government. And I think that's important to understand because they do bring influence. But there's people in this place that are called to the politics of the world. And you're called to it. But at some of the time, I think we pull back from it because we don't understand how it works. But understand the kingdom of God is not, an, is not a democracy. See, in a democracy, everything's negotiable. You can negotiate. We can negotiate what we want. We can go to the local member and we can uh, petition the local member and we can negotiate things to happen. Um, but when it's played out, we see that that gets to the point where truth is negotiable. And you see today in, in the world, we've moved away from absolute truth. We've moved away from the truth of God. And, and we've moved into now that truth is our own truth. So what I think is true is true. Yet yeah, might not be true. So we can be so deceived by what we think is truth. And the reality is we know that as a Christians, we know that the devil is a deceiver. So he comes in to deceive. And the greatest thing he can deceive is truth. Because we know from Scripture that truth sets us free. So once you lose the reality of truth, you start to lose freedom. And you start to get bound up in things that are, that are not true. And, and you see it come in the extreme today, don't you? In, in the world we live in, you can see the extreme of not having truth because people start to lose their identity and then they start to choose another identity. So I identify as something else. So in the, in the school world at the moment, and some of you guys are in school, but we hear stories of people who identify as an animal. So there's a young girl in Brisbane who has identified as a cat. So she goes to school as a cat. And that's her identity. And so when she sat down, and this was reported in the paper, so it's, it's got to be true. It wasn't just on the internet. But she actually sat down in a seat and someone come and sat next to her and she screamed, that, you sat on my tail. She's a furry, what's known as a furry. You see the identity, but she's not free. She's bound. So the current thinking in this generation is actually can bring deception and remove truth, but therefore remove freedom. So understand that the kingdom of God is not negotiable, it's not a, a democracy. So what is the kingdom? The kingdom, or a kingdom, is a governing influence of a king over his territory, impacting it with his will and his purpose and intention. So understand the kingdom of God is not a democracy. It's not a republic. 
and it's not a religion. Because sometimes we think religion's the answer. It's not about religion. Because religion isn't the answer. It's not about having a religion. It's about knowing a saviour and understanding his kingdom. Because one of the things Jesus, the biggest problem Jesus had when he walked on earth was with the religious people. It wasn't with the other people. It was actually with the religious people. They all had an opinion and he was addressing them all the time. The people that were that he got blamed that he was with were people at the pub and people that were gluttons and drunkards and all of those different things. That's what it was. he was tainted as. But he had the biggest challenges with religious people. You see, the kingdom of God is not a religion. It's not a religion. So when you become a Christian, and there'll be an opportunity for you to do that tonight, but when you become a Christian, there's a term Jesus used, and he used the term born again. So when you were born, you were born into a, in Australia, you were born into a democracy, you were born into a family, and you were born into the nation of Australia. When you're born again, you're born into the kingdom of God. So you actually come into the kingdom of God. We become citizens of the kingdom of God. Not only that, we become members of the royal family. We've got our father. It's so important to understand that. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit further in the in the middle of the sermon, but you understand that you are citizens of heaven, but you are in the family of God. Ephesians 2.19 puts it this way, consequently, you are no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens of, with God's people and members of God's household. I think that's really important to understand. You're no longer foreign, foreigners and aliens. Because one of the things I've found about Christianity, as people come into Christianity, they actually find home. They, their, their feeling is that they've actually found a place that's home. And it's true. Ecclesiastes put it this way. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in the hearts of men. You see, you find this place of eternity that God's built in each and every one of us. And all of a sudden, you actually fit into the kingdom of God. And you feel like you found your place. We also find our tribe. So as Highlanders, it's the Highlands tribe. And, and I know when I came um, into Christian Outreach Centre, as it was known then, and we're now known as INC, I found my tribe. I know with Kaz, and when Kaz went down to the first conference we had, as they joined the church as pastors, and the first week we were down at a conference, and I love the words Kaz used, and she said, my people have found me. Because all of a sudden you get connected. So you get connected in the kingdom of God in a tribe of people. Philippians 3.20 says it this way, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from, from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will reform, transform our lowly bodies and they will be his glorious body. You see, we are transformed. When you give your life to Christ, something incredibly powerful takes place. <clears throat> because some people think Christianity is a rational thinking. So we rationalise it. We get there and we weigh up all the things and we go, well... I believe this and, and I've got enough argument now and it weighs the scale and I'm going to actually become a Christian now because of the arguments are positive and I've worked it out and I hang around with people and, and I've worked out that yes, it all is true. The problem with that is 
when someone comes with a better argument, you go, oh, I'm going to change my belief because there's a better argument. But in Christianity in its sense, in true sense, is that we are transformed. When we're born again and give our life to Christ, we are transformed. We are a new creation. The old have passed away. God does something incredibly special in our life and changes us. I remember when I got filled with the Spirit of God. I was a young guy and I was working in trade. And some of you have heard this story, but I was a trades guy. I had 46 staff across two states. So I was on site with a whole pile of people, young, you know, younger guys all the time. We were only young ourselves. But in the, the language of a building site, and if you work on a building site, you know this language. Their little short words usually got four letters. And everyone says them. And what I found was when I got filled with the Spirit of God, the mark that God put on me was He took swearing off me. Instantly. Gone. Disappeared. Moira goes, I wish He fixed everything. (laughs) But He didn't. And the reason He didn't is He actually wants us to grow because He wants us to have faith. And if you're struggling with some things and maybe God's fixed some things in your life but you're still struggling with things, it's important to understand that it's a growth thing and it's an identity thing. And you've actually got to be a declarer that I am free. One of the things I hear from a lot of young people is they're stuck in pornography because it's so real and so valid and it it hits the, the serotonin in your brain and fires your serotonin. So you get stuck and addicted to the serotonin and you go to it and then it's hard to get free. But if you understand your identity, you can start to declare, I'm free. I'm free. Because you've actually got to convince and change your mind. Romans 12, 1 says, you renew your mind. You're transformed. But you've got to keep talking to it. You've got to actually get there till you get your identity that you're free. It's so important. Because sometimes we get stuck in it and we, we live in the addiction. You say, I can't get out of it. Whatever that addiction is. Because see, when you're born again, a transformation happens. And it changes you. We're transformed. And as we're transformed, we start to reflect the kingdom of God. We start to reflect the culture and the values as citizens of the kingdom of God. And the thing about the kingdom of God, when you enter the kingdom of God and you become citizens of the kingdom of God, you get a whole pile of rights in the kingdom. In Australia, we have a whole pile of rights, don't we? So we, we know that we have a constitution, we have a whole pile of laws that actually we can live in Australia with. Same in the kingdom. There's a whole pile of rights in the kingdom of God. The problem with democracy is the laws are created by lawmakers. Now, they constantly change. When I, I, when it, 10 years ago, before I came to Toowoomba, I was the CEO of our movement. And part of that role, I was looking at governance and looking at different things. So I enrolled in a Juris Doctor, which is a, a Doctor of Law degree. And uh, so I was studying law. (coughs) And in the first bit of that course, they're looking at statutes or laws. And in that time, 10, 11 years ago now, there was 10,000 new statutes written every year. 10,000 new laws written every year. Laws were constantly changing. They didn't repeal 10,000, they didn't even repeal 1,000. They just added 10,000 new laws. 
And that's what happens is these statutes get written and we see we get these laws written in, in, in democracy and we try and live and we try and solve problems by law. And we write more law and more law and, and so many laws people don't even understand it. The lawyers don't even understand it. That's why there's so many specialisations in law today. Actually, Justice Kirby spoke at a, um, Justice Kirby's a high court judge and he spoke about five or six years ago at, at UDSQ as it's called now. And he was speaking as the, uh, the address there and he said he was talking about AI and AI was very new then. And he said, because there's so many laws that people are getting things through, he actually said this statement, and you'll probably find his speech if you want to look it up. He said, if, Marbo, if the Marbo case was held now, it probably wouldn't get up because of AI, because it could analyse all the laws. We've got laws being written all the time. You see, we see a negotiation in laws swayed by public opinion. That's what actually happens in our democracy. So right now in the education, and we've got laws going through right now. There's laws being set up in Australia right now because we've got our school here, we get involved in it. And you may have heard of it, but the anti-discrimination laws changes are coming, being put up. And what they want to do is actually, we're a Christian school, we're Christian teachers, and we employ Christian teachers because Christianity is embedded in all parts of our curriculum. And... But what the, the new laws are saying is that we, you have to employ any teacher, whether they're Christian or not. So we could actually have a Muslim teacher teaching in our Christian school, which would go against their values and all of those things, but that's where the law's going. And parents are saying, we want to actually enrol our kids in a Christian school. We've got a great growth of students in our school because parents are saying, we want some value-based education. But there's a minority screaming out saying, no, you've actually got to employ everybody. Why would they do that? Because they want to influence and they want to change the laws and how kids are brought up. See, laws are swayed by public opinion. But in a kingdom, the king sets the laws. And if we think about our king, in God, Jesus, he's given us a copy of it. You can read about it. You can know it. But more importantly, you can know him. So our key scripture for this series is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And it says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now understand the context of this scripture. It's so important when you read scripture to understand the context. What I mean by context is how the verses around it, the chapter it's written in, the book it's written in. Uh, and, and in this case, it was talking about a whole, they were talking about a whole pile of needs people had. So we've all got needs. We've got needs of, of shelter, we've got needs of, of friendship, we've got needs of life and all the different things. And, and they were addressing, Jesus was addressing this and he said, okay, don't worry about those things, but seek first the kingdom of God. So it's really important to understand the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things you're worried about will be added unto you. You won't have to worry about them anymore. So what's the kingdom, what's righteousness first? Well, righteousness is found in Jesus. Because it's not our righteousness. Because our righteousness, as Scripture puts it, is as fil filthy rags. That's what Scripture says. And we try and do things right. But has anyone found when they try and do right, sometimes they do wrong? 
you actually end up in caught in whatever you're caught in. And then you suffer guilt and shame and Ross talked on that last week. But we get caught in that. But our righteousness comes from Christ. And then it says, seek the kingdom. It's so important then we understand what the kingdom is. So this is what Corinthians says about our righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. Understand that is so, so important. When we come into the kingdom of God, the old things have passed away. When we give our life to Christ, our old life has passed away. And we actually have this opportunity of a new life, a new beginning in the kingdom of God. It goes on at the end of that verse, he says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This speaks to our identity. Because one of the biggest challenges we have in the world today is identity. And people struggle with it. The world's struggling with That's why we see these things manifest going in the world today where kids are thinking they're furries or cats and struggling with identity because they don't know who's and who they are. And it's so important when we come into the kingdom of God to actually understand whose we are and who we are. So if we come to the Lord's Prayer, many of you will know the Lord's Prayer, but in Matthew chapter 6, Verses 9 to 13, it says this, and Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray. He said, therefore pray, therefore in this manner, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. I want you to catch this. Because the difference of the kingdom of God to the kingdoms in this world is that God is our Father. He says, your kingdom come, but it relates back to God as our Father. And that's so important because if you go to the kingdoms of the world and if you, you look at kingdoms around the world and there's, you say you go to the, in Thailand and if you're in Thailand, there's the king there and if you speak against the king, he basically throws you in jail. That's how it works. Uh, and you go to these kingdoms, if you read the old stories of old kingdoms, it was if you did something wrong, it was off with your head. But in God's kingdom... And the difference is, is he's our father. So therefore, we're in his family. And it's so important to understand that. The kingdom of God is not just about a kingdom where God reigns over people and becomes this person who is pushing people down, but it's actually a family. And I know that as a father with my, with my kids, they can come home. Sienna came home yesterday, my youngest daughter, and she made herself at home, literally. Walked in, hey dad, how you going? Got a hug and made herself at home. We had lunch and it wasn't, she didn't have to beg or borrow or try and beg her way in. She actually just walked into home. She's got a key to the house. She can let herself in. I look at my son, my, my, my only son, <laughs> and uh, he's got one of our cars at the moment. He got it last year and I've noticed he hasn't bought it back. <laughs> I also noticed that I pay the insurance and the rego. And the tolls. <laughs> but he seems to use a lot of toll. Um, but I love it. I love the fact that as a dad, that I'm a good dad. And I can bless him. 
You see, that's the difference of the kingdom of God is the kingdom of God is about a father who loves you. And that brings in this prayer such a powerful part and we sing a song about it. But the, the, the prayer is, your kingdom come, your will be done. And if you're facing challenges in your life and you're facing challenges at work or at school or uni or at home or in relationships, one of the most powerful prayers you can pray is your kingdom come, God. Your will be done. Because some of the things I've found about my will is my will sometimes wrong. But God's will is always right. So one of the most powerful prayers you can pray If you're facing a circumstance, you can demand of the kingdom of God, your kingdom come, your will be done. I love the fact that goes on, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Put that scripture back up. See, it's not, we don't have to go to God and go, oh God, I'm just a worm and I need this and I'm I'm nobody. We're actually his kids. And it's give us this day our daily bread. It's like Chris rings up and says, Dad, can I have the car? Sure. And have the car. It's a bit like God. When we go to God, we don't have to put on emotion or try and manipulate God. We just need to go to God and say, God, I've got these needs. If we go to him that way, he actually wants to bless you because he's a really good dad. The other thing I love about this, it says, and forgive us our debts. Or in other words, forgive us our sins, another scripture says. And the powerful part of it is it correlates back to the freedom part where we say, and forgive as we forgive our debtors or as we forgive those that have done wrong to us. Because how many people are trapped in this world today by unforgiveness? Where it eats them up. Someone did this and Someone did this to me and I'm still carrying it. I'm locked up, unforgiveness. But the power of God shows us in this simple prayer, five verses, how to live our life in the kingdom. That we forgive others, that we can walk free. It says, do not lead us into, te- and do not lead us into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. I remember I was in Perth. I was working for a company called Warmal Security at the time and we were working with Optus and Optus was establishing a whole pile of exchanges around the nation and I'd flown to Perth with the, the executive team of office. I was the national major accounts manager for, for Warmal at the time so I was looking after all their major accounts and we're over there with guys from New South Wales that's probably what was wrong with them but we're over there and and my problem is when what I found when in business is when I travelled to the other side of the nation, is sometimes people in business would do the wrong thing because they're on the other side of the, the nation. They're away from any responsibility. And, and that night we were going out to dinner and the guys said, we want to go to the casino. So we went to the dinner and then they said, we want to go to the casino after that. And I've gone back to the motel to get changed and they've all gone back to their motel to get changed. And I was praying this prayer, God, lead me not into temptation and deliver me from the evil one. Because I didn't want to go to the casino. Generally, good things don't happen in casinos. And these guys wanted to go, so we 
had dinner and because I was the national manager of this, we wandered up and we were going, heading to the casino. We wandered up and as we got to the door, the bouncer said, you can't go in to the guys because they had jeans on. In those days, you weren't allowed in with jeans on. So they turned us around and said, you have to go. And I just thank God for that prayer. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. So if you're facing challenges, if you're facing temptation, if you've got peer group pressure around you or you've got people wanting you to do things that are wrong, that is such a powerful prayer to lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. But the thing I want you to see out of that scripture is the correlation of the Father and the kingdom. That he is the king, but he is the Father. The difference between an earthly king and God as our king is the earth, as an, an earthly king, we are constituents in their kingdom. But in God's kingdom, we're not just constituents, we're family. That we're in the family of God. So there's no begging, no crying, no manipulation. It's an acknowledgement that God is our Father. And that's the difference of the kingdom of God to the kingdoms of this world. When we ask Jesus into our life, we change kingdoms. That's what happens. Colossians puts it this way, Colossians 1. Give thanks to the Father who's, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For He's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. See, that's what happens as a Christian. That's what happens when you give your life to Christ. You should step out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. When you do that, and what we want to unpack over the next couple of weeks is the benefits of the kingdom of God. But maybe in this place tonight, you don't know God. Maybe in this place tonight, you've just been going to church, but you've never asked Christ into your life. You've never actually experienced God to come into your life. I'd like to give you that opportunity tonight to actually ask God into your life, to actually change kingdoms. The way we do that here is I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. The reason we do that is that people have privacy, that the people next to you can make a decision, not influenced by peer group pressure or, or other pressures around it. So maybe in this place you've never given your life to Jesus. The way we do that here is I'm going to ask while no one's looking around, if that's you, if you raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I see those hands. Thank you so much. Three hands there. That's awesome. So people are right around this room. You can put it down. That's awesome. Right around this room, people giving their life to Jesus. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been in church all your life, but you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you've been away from God and tonight you're in this place. Someone's invited you in. And you're saying, I just want to come back. I actually want to know that freedom. I want to know what it is to live in the kingdom of God. So right across this room right now, if that's you and you've never given your life to Christ or you're coming back, I want to give you that opportunity one last time. Just like look across this room. See that hand, that's awesome. See that hand, that's awesome. Thank you so much. 
So as I look across this room right now, people are making decisions. So you know him, not just know about him. I just sense he's going to come into your life in such a powerful way tonight. You're actually going to come free. There's been some things that have been holding you back. People is going to, Jesus is going to come into your life and you're going to feel that freedom. You're going to feel what I was talking about, that jigsaw puzzle piece that's been missing in your life that created you with eternity in your heart. Last time this tonight, I don't want to prolong it, but you matter too much to God and you matter to us. So look across this room one last time. Don't go home without him, friend. Fantastic. Let's pray. Awesome. Let's pray. If you raise your hand, and I'd love you to pray this prayer with me. It's a really simple little prayer, but it's a really powerful prayer. And it goes like this. You can pray it right now, or you can pray it later. But it goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life, to be my Lord, to be my Saviour. Forgive me for everything I've ever done wrong. And God, tonight, I ask you to make yourself so real to me. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.